0: Space through Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Periscope. Stu is also the Spymaster Director of our Mystery Shopping Report. He dispatches our secret shopper weekly to an unsuspecting South Florida dealership. And now, on with the show. Well, good morning, everybody. Here we are, back live. And, uh, boy, are we covering a whole bunch of countries. I'll tell you about that in a little while. But uh, Jonathan just found out that we are truly international in our reach. Uh, welcome to Earl Stewart on Cars. You heard the recorded introduction. Well, let me make one correction here. Uh, one of the uh, main backbones of this show is Rick Kearney and Rick is taking a well-deserved vacation. And Rick is our certified diagnostic master technician that answers uh, most of the uh, you know complicated or sometimes not so complicated questions about Uh, maintaining, repairing your car and issues you may have with your car. So we're going to have to kind of fill in that very, very uh, important space uh, with whatever tools we have available to us. We have uh, Nancy Stewart and Stu Stewart and me. Uh, We also have access to uh, Colonel Google we call him the the internet. And we've got uh, some folks on standby that we can text uh, and possibly call to to answer your questions on Uh, mechanics and issues and uh, actually the computerization of cars. So uh, uh, keep your questions coming. If we don't know the answer, we'll be honest with you. Say we don't know that, we'll ask Rick when he gets back. But Rick Kearney uh, is on uh, vacation this week, and uh, we'll just have to uh, play it by ear on your uh, highly technical computerized car questions. We can make
1: uh, it up as we go along.
0: We can lie to you. We, We might do that. You never know. At any rate, uh, uh, thank you for tuning in, and uh, uh, we're going to be on the air here from uh, eight to ten Eastern Standard Time. Uh, we're here every Saturday, and we uh, we uh, would love to hear from you. That's uh, uh, especially with uh, Rick out of town. Uh, we need to hear from you and your comments and constructive or otherwise criticisms. Uh, I'm going to start with our most popular source of contact and it's unusual i mean of course we have not let me start with the telephone because that certainly is um most important 877-960-9960 you'll have you'll hear that number repeated by all of us because you know the show is two hours the average listener comes in for 15 minutes and goes somewhere else we have our lives to live and you're busy we're busy everybody's busy. So. Uh, we know very few people sit here for two hours listening to us. Uh, we love it when you do. I mean, we do have a, a few devoted people that listen for longer periods of time. But uh, tune in, tune out. That's usually the name of the game. And if you happen to tune in, uh, or you're going to tune in later, or think about it later, our telephone number is 877-960-9960. So forgive us for saying that over and over again, but it's important. 877 877- Nine six zero ninety nine sixty. Now we prioritize that number, the dial-in number, because we have other sources that I'm going to get into in just a minute. Because we have like five lines coming in. Sometimes, uh, depending on things, conditions, technical, and otherwise, uh, if you call in and all the lines are busy, you'll get a busy signal. We hate it when that happens. So we try to grab the uh, we grab the call so you don't have to listen to a busy signal, uh, or maybe. No one answering the phone. So as soon as we see that light up on Nancy, Nancy Stewart, our my co-host here on her computer, when she sees a telephone call come in at 877-960-9960, we jump on it. Now, the other ways to reach us, I mean, there's a bunch. Text. Text are important because we build a backlog of these. If we don't get to to it right away, we will get to it before the show's over. And that text number is 772-497-6530. Again, that text number, 772, area code, 497-6530. Now, I, started, I was going to start with this because it's unique. It's an anonymous way to uh, communicate with us. We don't know who you are, where you are. Uh, we can't find you even if we wanted to. It, anonymity, that's a good thing. Privacy, a lot of people like that. It's, it's an N word. There's too much invasion of privacy, uh, a lot of people feel uh, today, and uh, I certainly understand that. So if you have an issue with your privacy or just treasure your privacy, you go to youranonymousfeedback.com Y O U R A N O N Y M O U S feedback. Youranonymousfeedback.com. And that's a website. And you go there, and you put your issue, comment, question in, and Stu will be monitoring that. And uh, when it comes up, we'll read it, we'll answer it, discuss it, and uh, we don't know who you are. And it makes a lot of people feel more comfortable. Now remember, we also are on YouTube, uh, we are on Twitter, uh, we're on Facebook. Facebook.com forward slash Earl on Cars. YouTube.com forward slash Earl on Cars. Typically Rick monitors YouTube but Stu's going to be real busy today monitoring a whole bunch of stuff hopefully because it's your input that, that makes the show. A lot of regular callers please, please call all our regulars out there. You know who you are. Uh, some of you are vigilantes and uh, Nancy Stewart will cover the vi- Vigilante Club. We have a very special club that we Uh, recruit people that are knowledgeable to help us on the show and uh, there's a gift that we will provide for you if you are qualified to join the uh, Vigilante Club now remember everything I said on this show everything Nancy and Stu and usually Rick it's all on EarlOnCars.com I mean we we have a a wealth of information on our website uh, our blog website EarlOnCars.com Everything you ever wanted to know. Every column I've written. Uh, we've got uh, educational articles, information on joining the Vigilante Club, a list of the good dealer car dealers that you can safely buy a car from, and the ones you want to avoid like the plague. I mean, go to EarlOnCars.com and you, know, you you can turn off the radio or turn off YouTube. You don't need to listen to me. Everything you want to know. But this is kind of fun. And if you don't enjoy the show, we love it. So, you're let the party begin. We're getting ready. We're getting ready to uh, start the Earl Stewart Duncar party, and uh, I'm going to start the party with Nancy Stewart, my co-host, and uh, she's been with me since the get-go, when we were just a little half-hour show many, many years ago. Nancy, the mic is all yours.
2: Good morning, everyone, and welcome. We enjoy your company. And uh, I'd like to share with the audience this morning uh, that we have a uh, new uh, producer uh, in the uh, studio, and uh, she is uh, uh, she's going to be the first uh, female producer, and we'll be working with her, and it's pretty exciting, uh, considering that uh, you know she is the first uh, producer, and I'm happy. That's why I'm speechless. So empowering empowering women and that's what we do here what's her name also Elise Hmm. Roberts Denise Elise E as in Edward E Elise Roberts and uh, she's a great asset to the show and we're uh, looking forward to working with her Uh, I have an important announcement uh, speaking of women Uh, the first two new lady callers you win yourself $50 fifty dollars the first two new lady callers and uh give us a call and share your experience with us whether it be servicing leasing sales anything at all just call to say hello 877-960-9960 for you others you can take in texas at 772-497-6530 and uh also we have a great mystery shopping report and we have some other breaking news and that is uh, in reference to the uh, podcast listeners and uh, what we what I have here is a, a printout of all of the countries uh, that we're reaching and that's all around the world. So we have a wide reach of shows via podcast. and some of the interesting places uh, that we show up in our, uh, let's see, we got United Kingdom, Australia, the uh, Russian Federation. We also have Brazil and Germany. Uh, so those are some, um, Argentina, uh, Tunisia, just to m- mention a few. So it's pretty interesting. I think it's just
0: about every country, 50 countries, I counted.
2: Yes, yes, absolutely. And uh, we're, we're really happy to uh, share that with you. And Jonathan shared it with us and you know him. He's our, well, irreplaceable guy. So uh, ladies and gentlemen, we have a exciting show ahead of us. Don't leave us, stay with us. And uh, whichever segment is your favorite, uh, because I know a lot of our listeners tune in and uh, tune out. So again, 877-960-9960. Or you can text us at 772-497-6530. Don't forget your com, where you can go and express uh, your opinion about anything. And uh, now I'm going to turn it back over to the recovering car dealer. Yeah,
0: well, let's go to Stu, because uh, uh, he is a very important part of the show also. Uh, he's the on, hands-on day-to-day guy. He's active in the industry today, and boy, are we going through some crazy changes. Uh, The way this COVID has impacted the whole world, and especially the automotive world, and uh, a lot of issues that uh, manufacturers and dealers are dealing with, which affect you. And he sees it every day because he is in a real live car dealership, running that car dealership, and uh, talking to everybody, the customers, the employees, and trying to deal with the factory and the manufacturer. Uh, issues And uh, if you have any questions that uh, are live, real-time, you direct them to Stu Stewart. He's also monitoring uh, your input when you come in on the texting and the anonymous feedback, YouTube, and the uh, Facebook. Uh, not to mention that, but he's Commodore of the Mr. Shopping uh, Report. Mm-hmm. And uh, he chooses the targets and uh, dispatches the secret agent. And that is... Arguably, the most interesting thing on radio. I mean, I got to tell you, it's Mike Wallace and 60 Minutes, and then some because we name names. So, Stu, uh, what's going on over there?
1: Well, I guess if you live long enough, you you can say that you've seen it all. I just cannot believe the, the the times that we're living in right now. I thought I really thought I had seen it all in the car business. I mean, we've been through the Great Recession and tsunamis and recall crises and. Uh, I know I'm forgetting quite a bit because I just put them all together for you for your book, <laughs> all the various crises over the last couple of decades where the media had reached out to you and you wound, wound up being on CNN or Fox News or something. And
0: um, let, me, well, let me just jump in there quickly and brag. Uh, I, I didn't even tell you this, too, but I got an email from my ghostwriter, and uh, uh, Ron Van Zell yeah. and uh, John Van Zell, and uh, I have the rough outline of the book already. Really, and I haven't had a chance to look at it. So yeah, I'm writing a new book, uh, Redemption of a Recovered Car Dealer, and uh, and I've uh, reached the point of the first rough outline. We still got months to go on this, but yeah. I thought it might be years. So,
1: so one of the cool things that's going on. Well, first of all, the book I, you got to send that to me. Do you have the outline in your in your I email? I just got it, I
0: just got it. I'll send it to you. Oh, cool.
1: I can't wait to see that. Um, so the, the second book, if we're going to take a little tangent here, is going to kind of take where you left off with the first book, it, but it's going into a lot more detail. I mean, where the first book was more of like a how-to guide, this is kind of like the uh, the why uh, behind the how-to. Yeah, the redemption. Exactly the the you know the backstory. Everybody's got a great backstory But Earl. He's got a really really good backstory. Anyway, so uh, we think it'll be published in twenty twenty two sometime. So, yeah, uh, but we're sure. not sure on the exact date. For sure. But in that book is going to include a lot of things. In the last, you wrote the uh, confessions uh, in 2012, so we've had about a decade um, to add uh, material to add. So, yeah. I know I'm hyping the book a lot, but you know, it's, it's not going to profit you. It's going to be for charity. I'm assuming it's all going
0: to Big Dog Ranch Rescue. That's right. Woof.
1: That was for Rick. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, the stuff that's going on right right now in the car business is is blowing my mind. I just I, I just I can't when I'm writing about every mystery shopping report. Seeing the same story, watching how it's like actually changed real behaviors on the ground—it just it blows me away. Here's something really interesting: we're kind of at, at our dealership, we're we're remaking our our sales process, we're refining it, making it more modern. And um, I'm using the um, our wealth of uh, of information from our mystery shopping reports to get the point of view of the customer. And one of the things that we did was when we did this process. Um, instead of writing up a you know a, a this corporate process, we wrote it up from the customer's point of view, what they see, um, what the experience when they walk into a dealership, what happens, how long they're waiting, and um, it was funny as i we're writing this process, I realized I'm drawing from all these mystery shopping every single thing that's gone wrong to Agent Lightning. We're, st- we're searching to find a way to avoid that at our dealership. So yeah. uh, that's uh, so that's what the mystery shopping reports are essentially for. If other car dealers would get out there and pay attention to them. They could study these things. And I promise if you study these mystery shopping reports and what goes wrong, you'll figure out how to make things right. Hmm. So we're hoping they're paying attention. I don't know. <laughs> you know,
0: <I> was, <coughs> and I, again, talk about the mystery shopping reports. Uh, one of the questions my uh, ghostwriter uh, asked me is uh, we're talking about mystery shopping reports. He says, he says, What was the most unusual, the worst, the best, whatever? mystery shopping reports you can rem- remain, remember. And I said, I laughed. I said, you know, the funny thing is I, I say on the show every week, and I think our listeners must think I'm nuts because I usually say, this mystery shopping report we did this week is really unusual. and uh, But I mean it. And, uh, and this mystery shopping reports, too, you'll agree, uh, I think it blew you away, blew yeah. me away, blew Nancy away. And uh, what we're seeing, I think, is change. I mean, that's what we're looking for. And uh, some good, some bad, but uh, uh, the times there are changing, the car dealers are changing, and hopefully uh, this show has had some impact on it. But, Mike, back to you, Stu.
1: All right. So uh, I'll jump over to the first text of the day, unless we got a, I think there's a signal coming over there. Yeah, we do. We got a live one?
2: We do. Um, we well, definitely do. Oh, and you know what, uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, to what Stu said, Uh, just minutes ago. Um, It's amazing. uh, We sit here and we think about these decades. We think about the journey and what we've done. And the proof is in the mystery shopping reports. And there are the dealers out there that are changing their ways and some that are, well, getting worse at uh, what they do, if that's possible. Worse meaning they're taking advantage of the consumer. So uh, I sit here today and for everyone else how proud we are that our listeners are really listening and they're out there and they're making changes and they're letting their voice be heard by being in control in the showroom on the phone, anywhere. Okay, uh, 561, excuse me I was getting ready to give out my cell phone number um, I was looking at uh, Earl's uh, column and if you didn't catch it this past week you can do so by going to Earl on Cars uh, you can also go to Hometown News or the uh, Florida uh, Weekly, and uh, it's a, also a very good read. And what's great about going to uh, Earl on Cars is that you can pull this up and so many other, as he uh, Earl said earlier, that uh, just fill you with so much knowledge, and we're pretty proud of that, too. He's quite a leader. Okay, we're going to go to uh, Claymore and uh, say good morning. Claymore?
3: Good uh, Good morning. Good morning. Uh, I, have a, I have a question for Rick. I have a Honda two-door, four-cylinder that died in a small flood behind a door, uh, behind a store. And the people I told it to tell me I need a new engine. I'm wondering if stuff just shorted out and what would be the process to check out whether I need a new engine or something less less severe.
0: Let me, let me let me jump in for Rick and I if you just tuned in Rick is on vacation this week so uh, we're gonna have okay. to kind of uh, uh, fake it a little bit uh, uh, I'm, gonna you, I, I'm gonna give you I'm gonna give you I'm gonna give you my advice and meanwhile Stu's probably frantically uh, trying to contact one of our other technicians that can give us some specifics but uh, When you have a situation like that with a flooded car, Honda or whatever it may be, uh, you probably have one of the most complicated challenges for any mechanic anywhere. Uh, uh, Water, there's nothing uh, worse than a car being immersed in water because you never know what is going to be uh, happening to the car today, tomorrow, and six months from now. That's the reason they total flood cars. And uh, My first thing would be to do everything you could to get your insurance company to declare your car a total and replace it. Uh, That would be uh, the best and the first approach I would take. If you have issues with that and it it can't be done and you need to look into repairs, uh, be, be advised that no matter what they find wrong with the car now, you might have issues that they can't find because they don't manifest themselves. For six months or maybe a year later, so uh, I would get um, my best uh, mechanic to, to take a look at it. If it looked like something that was reasonable in terms of cost, uh, you might want to proceed. I would um, I would go with another opinion if the amount to spend was more than a small amount. Probably will be small, uh, bigger. Uh, you don't want to put good money after bad, especially into a flood car, and uh, uh, you uh, you have to be aware that if you do get it running and if it runs smoothly, you might want to consider trading it in anyway. If you get it running smoothly, now you have to become you have to make a decision here. Uh, Do you want to become full disclosure and tell everybody that this car was a flood car and I got it fixed and it's running smooth now? Or do you want to be like most people and most car dealers, take it to a car dealer and buyer beware and say, I'd like to trade this in on another car and let him worry about whether or not it's been in a flood. I'll let your conscience guide you on that, but that would probably be the wise choice. I would never take a car that had been immersed in water, flooded, and drive it... uh, any longer than I had to. I want to put myself in another car ASAP. So excuse the long rambling answer and uh, does anything I say make any sense? It does to me.
2: (laughs) Definitely. (laughs) (laughs) Hey Claymore, this is Nancy Stewart. Um, Have you had the um, car checked out at all Uh, by maybe a mechanic or a friend or Anyone?
3: Yeah, I had it checked out at, at one car mechanic stuff, but they have a dodgy type of reputation. The car was only in water for about an hour, um, maybe two at the most, while it was being weighed to be uh, towed, you know, back home. So I'm wondering if it could be a starter or a solenoid uh, thing on the starter, or or the module, or, or whatever. Uh, I think they told me the ride was spent trying to start it. I don't know how you can do
0: that. Yeah, you know? we, water that's, that's water it. can destroy anything. So uh, that's one of the problems. Flood cars, that's the reason insurance companies are pretty frugal, and they don't like to part with their money. But insurance companies uh, don't even argue when you can document a car has been underwater. And you say only an hour Uh, How would you feel if you were underwater for an hour? That's a good example. That's where I was
2: going. A car
0: car underwater for an hour is a dead car. It's just uh, a question of when it's going to die. And uh, I would uh, certainly um, replay what I said earlier about getting rid of the car and and the most expeditious, uh, profitable way to you and getting into another car.
2: Yeah, in claymore, you've got a you've got a, a laundry list of things to check as far as that car is concerned, because, like Earl said, it doesn't matter whether it's a minute or it's an hour. Put a baby in a bathtub and you'll see what I mean. Um, and the outcome is disastrous. So for you to make sure that all the moisture's out of your car, for the electrical components to be checked, the transmission, I could go on and on. I think that uh, I myself, if I were driving the car, I'd want to well, get rid of it as quickly as I could.
3: All right. One last question. What is a car worth after that? The inside are still great, okay, I mean the seats, etc.
0: Well, as, as I said, if you can get the car running, so uh, normally, and it can, you know, this happens a lot, uh, and you, uh, and you uh, do a good uh, deodorizing on it, make everything dry, you're, you're basically doing what dealers do to a lot of customers is you're preparing the car so that people don't know it's been in a flood. Now, uh, depending on your uh, the way you look at life and morals and ethics and whatever you want to look at uh, I, I'm, 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 I'm talking, I'm saying that it's a dog-eat-dog world out there. If you go into a lot of car dealerships they'll sell you a flood car in a heartbeat and, uh, and they won't lose any sleep over it. So if you want to go into a car dealer and, and, and have them appraise your car, I, uh, you, you you might not want to say, this car has been in a flood. Just say, I want to buy that car, and here's my car, what's it worth? And go to three different dealers and go to the car, the dealer that gives you the most for your trade-in. Stu had a point.
1: I have a question that came in from, from Mark, who's uh, one of our listeners, and he wants to know, and this is important, when it was driven into water, um, was the engine hot? Had it been running? Yes. Okay. Uh, this is uh, Mark, he's a former, uh, he's a listener, but he's also a former, um, uh, wor- works in a bo- body shop and very well mechanically versed. If the engine was high, he says that he believes there's no doubt you're going to ne- need a new engine. And it's kind of like when you take a, a hot frying pan and you put it in the water, it can bend when it suddenly cools something so you can do a lot of damage. To so, your, so
0: your challenge is, can you get it running enough so you can take it in and get a good trade-in allowance on another vehicle? Uh, if you can't, then you're going to have to just say... I got a bad car here, and then it's probably going to come out if they look close enough. This is a flood car, and then your car will be worthless. Your first, all your first, well, you didn't mention anything about insurance. Is your car insured? Covered by Allstate, State Farm, or anybody? Uh,
3: it was covered, but just for liability.
0: I see. Okay. Well, then, then you're you're going to have to get it running. As much as possible, get it detailed. I spend, I spend. A, if I had to spend $150 to get the car detailed, if you, once you get it running and you spend uh, some money to get a really good detail inside and out, it'll smell good, it'll look good. Uh, take it to a dealer. They're paying top money for cars today. You catch a dealer asleep, uh, he'll give you too much money for the car. Grab it and run. You might want to sell the car. And uh, wait until the used car prices come down and then buy another one if you can get by without a car for a while. But uh, uh, you, you got a problem. That's not me. Yeah.
3: I, I don't want to explain it when I get to the big table in the sky.
0: So. Yeah, don't, there don't, you go. don't explain <laughs> it. So here. No, no, uh,
2: do, do the I'll right do
1: thing. <laughs> do the right thing.
2: And uh, Claymore, uh, Nancy here again. Um, I'd also check if it were myself uh, under the hood and check for any corrosions or anything. Whenever you're prepping that car uh, for a sale, you know, I dot all the I's and cross the T's because there's things uh, that they look for when you take a car out to get some sort of an idea as to what it's worth. And just like Earl said, uh, you know, really polish her up. Take care of it and be prepared to negotiate because the uh, Honda, uh, what a great competition for us. What a great vehicle. And I'm not sure what you're your you know, car is, but uh, you're sitting on a uh, gold mine at this time because of the pandemic and microchip shortage and inventory shortage. That used car, that's worth a lot of money, much more than well, you would thank think. You very
3: much. Thank you. That's I will consider.
2: Well, good luck. Call, call us
0: back, let us know how, how it worked out for you. Will you please?
3: Yes, I will.
0: Thanks, Claymore.
2: Thank you. thanks, Kleber all right 877-960-9960 or you can text us at 772-497-6530 and uh, as i said earlier uh, www.youranonymousfeedback.com take advantage of that ladies i'm waiting two female new lady callers fifty dollars fifty dollars for the first two lady callers just call and say hello Um, I'm going to send it back to
0: Earl. And I'll send it back to Stu. All right. I'm
1: sending over to Jonathan. (laughs) Just kidding. Hey, uh, we'll kick off with the text.
2: Let's send it to Elise.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We're going to kick it off with uh, Anne-Marie's text. Uh Anne-Marie says, good morning. I've noticed car ads from local car dealers popping up on my computer when I'm playing games or surfing the web. Some are from dealers whose sites I've perused out of curiosity, but others are not. By the way, I delete cookies after each surfing session to hopefully cut down on the ads that track me um, how does a car dealer focus on in on a potential customer by using ads on the web thanks that's a great question and is right in my wheelhouse of expertise <laughs> so I do this every day that's all we do yeah. yeah and it's really cool um, but first of all i'm I'm not going to make any editorial but it's
0: cool if you're a car dealer
1: it's, yeah but but the whole concept of how it works and I think you take take this advice or leave it. I don't delete my cookies, um, and, I, and I and I allow w- tracking because what I've discovered is um, no matter what, when you're on your phone or you're surfing the web, you're going to see a lot of ads. They're going to send ads to you no matter what. And I know for a while I was deleting cookies and avoiding tracking and trying to be trying to be tell it,
0: tell us folks what a cookie is.
1: A cookie is a little bit, chocolate
0: chip. I like those best. They're
1: delicious. Usually it's flour and baking soda and Um, a cookie is a small little bit of computer code that when you visit a website um, your browser which is your program that you use to look at websites um, will it'll insert a little snippet of code into your uh, in your browser so then you're recognizable by other websites and it can tell other websites the prior websites that you are at so Mm -hmm. if you're shopping for cars you're gonna have little cookies put into your browser that says this person was on this website Toyota.com yeah, or Buick uh, uh, l- Chevrolet. L- let
0: me jump in. There. This is this. Uh, re- this shows you why how deceptive the whole advertising world is. Uh, somebody came up and said, you know, we need to have more privacy. We need to give the surfers of the internet uh, more rights. And uh, and they uh, they said. The law is you have to put this disclosure anytime anyone's looking at the website or the or the Facebook or whatever. It says uh, uh, cookies are going to appear unless you put remove all the cookies. Now nobody knows what the hell a cookie is. So they're giving this disclosure to protect them from something that they don't define. And studios defined it and if they defined it and told people what was really happening that your footprint is being left by your IPO code on your unique computer, and this can follow you any time you use that device, smartphone, PC, whatever it may be. That would scare the hell out of most people, but a cookie, yeah, I don't care. Cookies are nice. Yeah.
1: Well, you, you, you kind of interrupted and derailed what I was saying, because I was saying the opposite. Oh. And I think you agree with me, which is, who cares about cookies? If you don't, you're going to get ads no matter what. The FBI is not tracking you, and the NSA is not tracking you. Earl Stewart is tracking you, and so, and he's a good guy. Um, but all he's, uh, but he's not really tracking you. All, all that means is if you, if 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 you, if you don't let yourself get tracked, you're going to see a bunch of ads that are completely boring and meaningless to you. If you are tracked, you're well, going to see ads on things that you're interested. Well,
0: in. I interject this, and then we'll get on with the point to the customer. Is that if you do, if you do not take the cookies. Uh, you will not get the ads that are of interest to you, true, but you're also going to get those ads. So, if you add the ads you want to get to the ads you don't want to get, you're getting uh, twice as many ads. No, you're so, not. Okay, you, well, let's you, move along and right. answer, so the, the we'll po- answer. the customer's question.
1: Well, I'm going to answer Anne-Marie's text, and okay. and sh- so there's many different ways that you are tracked. It some are, and we've just been we just beat cookies to death. That's just one way. Um, there are there are behavioral targeting which basically also does use cookies, but it puts together a profile of you of where you are in, in your shopping headspace. Are you just researching uh, new cars or new refrigerators? Or are you in the process of looking for a deal and contacting mm-hmm. retailers? And that, that determines the type of ad that you get and where you see it. There's demographic um, advertising. So if you're on certain websites for that are typically browsed by people of your Age or ethnicity or socioeconomic status or things you own, where you mm-hmm. live. Um, there's geographic tra- targeting. This that advertisers want to say we're going to we're going to show ads only when you're within five miles of Treasure Coast Toyota. Um, I wonder who's doing that. And uh, so there's a whole bunch of different ways. And they know
0: how much money you make. They know where you live. Yep. uh They know uh, uh, what church you go to. They know uh, who your friends are. Uh, this is not probably, literally. well, okay. Yeah. They, 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 the they, type of friends you're oh, with. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They, well, I'm not saying, okay. And so the point is that, that uh, there's never been, with artificial intelligence and uh, quantum computing, uh, there's never been a time in our history when uh, you have any privacy whatsoever. So uh, they're coming after you, and there's nothing you can do about it. I say relax and enjoy the ride and uh, delete it and uh, move on with your life. But yeah, advertising is super, super sophisticated today. And the alternative to this is regulation, government regulation, which tells all the advertisers they can't do this anymore. Right. And that's going to be a huge battle. And we could write a book on that answer, but we that's better, another show. better cut it short.
1: And yeah. 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 When, when I cut out my tracking, I started getting served up ads for tactical knives and cattle feed and very boring things to me. I would prefer to get... Adds on puppies and, exactly. and uh, sourdough.
0: Exactly.
1: All right. I'm going to take a sta- stab here um, at a mechanical one. So we have a text here, um, and this is from Sean in Ohio. He says, "My car stalled a couple of times recently. Uh, Fortunately, on a side street with no traffic. I think it might be an issue with the fuel filter being clogged, and I think a light for the fuel filter came on too. What do you think?" Um, I especially asked him what the, what year make and model it was so it's a 2019 uh, volkswagen jetta and i texted bobby back at the dealership so uh, bobby thinks um well most he says most fuel filters are built into the uh, fuel pump now and uh, but there could be uh, several other conditions that cause it um, it could be a, a crank or a cam sensor that's faulty but here's the, the good news um, unless you've gone a ton of miles you're probably your 2019 you're under warranty you need, need to get that to a Volkswagen dealer and they can hook that up to a scan tool and the code that um, it will tell them what it, whether it is a fuel pump uh, filter or whether it is a crank, crank or a cam case sensor. Um, but the best thing to do, I, it, typically it's a couple hundred dollar repair, um, but you're under warranty most likely unless you have really high mileage, Sean. So I hope that helps. See, that was pretty good. I have zero mechanical experience. Yeah, <laughs> and for people that
0: don't have mechanical knowledge and people that are, that are trying to fend for themselves, uh, and Rick, uh, when he's here, recommends this all the time: is go to a chat room, go to a, you know a Volkswagen Jetta room, go to a, you can just Google uh, you, your bank model of your car and what the problem is, and it'll steer you to one of those chat rooms. And people love their cars, and they talk about it, and a lot of knowledgeable people talk about the cars. They even rank the answers in terms of the best answers. So. If you go to a chat room and you've got a Volkswagen Jetta and you've got a particular issue, you'd be surprised the knowledge that will be uh, free to you, and uh, and then you can ask questions, and they'll answer your questions. So uh, there's never been a, so- a time in our history that you can get answers to questions about problems with your cars, even without calling your own cars. You can do it online. All right,
1: and we also have a couple of comments on the on the, it was a Claymore's uh, question. Um, Negan on YouTube says wanted, uh, but Claymore's off the line. If uh, if water was sucked into the engine, because um, water doesn't compress, um, and that make, that just messes up everything when the, when the engine tries to compress. And uh, let's see, do we have any other text over here? From no, that was it from Negan. Um, we can go back to our main text here. And let's see. Oh, we do have this, uh, Jonathan. I don't know if you can put it up on the screen. Am I? catching it at t- too late of a notice we have one of our vigilantes um send us a picture of his new vanity plate that he actually has on his car there
0: oh <laughs> it's zero zero dealer de- fee Dealer fee, i love it wow, wow. i thought that
1: might upset you because i thought you wanted to get that plate for your, and for for your for new us. car oh man I don't know, <laughs> I, you,
0: you beat me to it be, how much will you take for that plate
1: <laughs> i don't know Tom, you hear that? You make him an offer. <laughs> or he'll make you an offer. Did you get that on the screen? Oh, uh, That's really cool. Hi, Nancy.
2: Okay, um, we're going to go back to the phones. Uh, we're our favorite caller. Marty is uh, holding. Good morning, Marty.
4: Good morning, everybody. Welcome. I, I've got to ask, I guess, either Earl or Stu. Normally, when I buy a car, first I go on Kelly Blue Book to see what my trade-in is worth. And then, if I go to one of these, we buy your car type places, I've always gotten more from my car from a dealer than I've ever gotten from we buy any car or any of those places. So, it just so happens, and I just don't feel it's luck, because, I, you know, I try to negotiate with them, but... People also don't realize when you go to B- we buy any car. Obviously, if you're not trading in a car, it doesn't make any difference. But you're losing the sales tax if you don't if you're not doing a trade. in. that's correct. So, well, but I just wonder. Kelley Blue Book usually always shows me a higher value than these we buy any car type places. So, what do you think? Well.
1: Uh, Kelly Blue Book isn't writing any any checks to anybody um, so that's just a guide so the you know it's a the what's what's a what's the phrase you know you put your money where the mouth is or the where the rubber meets, meets the road um, getting appra- any appraisal or any valuation of any car whether you're getting it from a dealership or a webuyanycar.com is a subjective experience um, and each appraiser has different motivation um, Kelly Blue Book uh, uses different sources, and it's, I, th- I feel that's a, a more reliable guide. Um, but any particular dealership, depending on their individual situation, is going to make a decision on how much they're going to put on that car based on what kind of profit they want to make. Are they losing money? Are they having – uh, are, are is their department in crisis? <laughs> are they trying to, like, s- save themselves – um, are they taking advantage of the current inventory situation in a fair manner, or are they, uh, are they price gouging?
0: Let me jump in there. Uh, we have a management meeting at the dealership every Wednesday, and uh, we have a wholesale guy that's been with us for a long, long time. His name's Ted He's probably the most knowledgeable uh, man on the wholesale I've ever known since I've been in the business. He's like a Rick Kearney of wholesale cars spends a lot of time, that's all, almost all of his time at auctions, buying and selling used cars. And I asked him the very question you just, you raised, Marty. And I said, uh, what would you do if you were looking to get the most money for your trade-in, your car? I said, uh, "Where would? You, how would you try to sell that car? I said, "I, uh, you know, I we do the radio show. I'd like to use your, your answer on the radio show. He says, I'd go to webuyanycar.com or I'd go to uh, uh, Varum, or I go to Carvana. He says they are buying; they are paying crazy money for cars. So uh, we actually, at our dealership, will sometimes uh, call Carvana or WeBuyAnyCar.com to be sure uh, we're giving a fair amount uh, of trade-in. And sometimes we'll sell a car to WeBuyAnyCar.com or Carvana if if we could to uh, make a deal or to. Get more money for the car. So uh, these car, these car, uh, like what we buy any car, dot com, uh, and, and com, uh, has a huge amount of cash. They went public. If you're in the stock market, you'll know what I'm talking about—an IPO—and they raised billions, literally billions of dollars. And they can make, they can spend money for years and not make a profit. Uh, and they they do spend money, like uh, the old term "drunken sailors." So. Definitely, if you have a used car that you want to trade in or sell, before you go to a dealer, uh, check all the different sources. You, there never have been more sources like this. I can't even name them or remember them all, but webuyanycar.com, the room, the m.com dot uh, com. Um, uh, CarMax is uh, is a, been around forever. You get to a number from CarMax. And, uh, carvana carvana yeah and there's there's others uh, they're coming online all the time because it's such a lucrative business in today's crazy market so shop Marty shop it around the dealer will not give you that much money uh, if you if you do your due diligence and, and go to enough third-party sources like carvana you will get more money for your car I promise you
4: yeah now I'm just posing this yeah as just a uh Hypothetical question, because yeah. I'm not getting rid of my car. No. However, in my car buying experience, which obviously is not as vast as yours, uh, I've always gotten more from the dealer than any other source.
0: So well, maybe yeah, that's I've a just da- been lucky. Marty. That's a dangerous statement to make yeah. because <laughs> because. Uh, you're a, you're a negotiator. You're 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 knowledgeable in the business, and you're a tough guy to to put one over on. But a dealer can offer you anything you want for the car. And and to the to the person that's not as sharp as you, you can go into the dealer, and if you say, listen, I'm I'm going to buy a car from the dealer that gives me the most for my car.
1: I can show you a million for
0: your car. He'll he'll, he'll give you as much money as you want and then he'll slap it on to the price of the car you're buying. So the dealer, the the only way you can get a good number from the dealer on your trade-in is to take your trade-in to two or three other dealers and take the new car or whatever car you're buying out of the equation and just say, dealer A, B, C, and D. How much money will you buy my car for? Take it out of the purchase equation. And then when they give you that number, then negotiate a separate price for the car you want to buy. But to say blank, I get more money from a dealer than any place else is a dangerous thing to put out there on the air. People will take you literally.
4: Yeah, well, I'll just tell you this. In my experience, which is obviously limited, I first... I first discussed the discount on the car. Okay? So now, not in today's market where they're not discounting. I'm not going to buy a car in today's market. Mm. But in the old days, which is a few years ago, I first see what the car, what they're willing to discount it for, and then I talk trade. So I do do what you're saying. I don't take, you know. You know, a number that they're just going to give me and sure. take it off the MSRP. Yeah. So, I I do do it in a few steps yeah. because I said I I do try to negotiate a good deal.
0: Yeah. Well, you're you're you. I don't worry about you. I know you're never <laughs> going to be taken advantage of. But, but it, uh, for the average listener uh, who is not as smooth, uh, you need to. Uh, the dealers are trained to find your hot button. and we They call that the four square system. Uh, that's one of the names for it. And everybody's got a hot button when they go in to buy a car. Some people want the best price on the new car. Some people want the highest trading allowance. Some people want the lowest monthly payment. Some people want the lowest down payment. Uh, if, if, you might have a hot button, but once you tell them what that hot button is, you're, you're dead meat because that's where they're going, and uh, you need to have all four of those in the, in the equation. You need to get a down payment that's fair, a monthly payment that's fair, a price that you pay that's fair, and,
1: it's and a trade-in
0: allowance. So you need to shop and compare competitively all four of the supposed hot buttons because might, one might be your hot button, but they're all important. Yeah, yeah. Well,
4: I can tell you this. A few of your salesmen that I've dealt with before – they know me, so when I come in there. They run. I, <laughs> they, they, they try to. Uh, you take
0: this guy, Marty. I know him. He's a tough nut. <laughs> I'm out of here. Yeah.
4: Yeah. Or a lot of them say, that <laughs> even when I go into your finance guy, yeah. I said, I'm going to save you all the trouble.
0: Oh, man. We're not no, going to no, make anybody say, here. No.
4: Just <laughs> say no, 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 <laughs> and just sign. Well, they said, Earl said, we have to ask you these. I said, well, <laughs> oh, you can yeah? ask but I said, I'm not buying anything. Yeah. So, I, I'm a tough... Let's You're, put it this way. I realize I'm not your average buyer.
0: Well, everybody was like you. We wouldn't have a radio show, Marty. You realize that? So, uh, <laughs> we're, we're, glad, we're glad we got a vigilante out there and someone that we can uh, point people to advice. You want, help, you, you want to help, you call Marty and uh, you know, if you live in the Uh, south florida area he's the man to talk to
4: yeah all right well thanks i just wanted to just again check on kelly blue book and and you know you're not the first everyone that i've gone to when i say kelly blue book gives me this number Mm. they say well they don't buy cars
5: yeah
4: so you know i've heard all i've heard all the stories so it all depends how long the salesman's been working
2: Exactly. Hey, Marty, um, you certainly did educate us this morning and we appreciate, you know, your phone call and uh, even the most seasoned, uh, educated uh, consumer. I'll tell you what, in this climate that we're in right now, all the rules have changed. So I'm I'm very happy that uh, you are, you know, the leader of the pack, so to speak, and appreciate your phone call.
4: Yeah. Well, my car now is a 20 Camry, so I'm not buying a new one for a while.
2: It is a 2020.
4: Yeah, yeah.
2: Well, you've got so, a great product.
4: So right now, I've only had it for about 19 months. So
2: yeah. You didn't even break it in. in
4: three or four years. Yeah. yeah. The trouble is now you don't have any car. You don't have that same car unless I would order it probably.
2: Yeah. Bingo.
4: So I'm going to pay more to order it than than it's going to be. You know, I'm going to pay more to get a new one, even though you're going to give me more for, for that car, so yeah. it's a wash.
2: It depends on what's just uh, what your situation is. It sounds like as if right. that you may be able to, you know, wait some time. Marty, uh, we have another caller uh, calling okay. in, so have a wonderful okay. weekend. Stay in touch with us. You
4: too. Okay, bye-bye.
2: Bye-bye. Uh, we're going to go back to Stu. No. Oh, okay. I'm looking for Rex YouTube sign
1: okay i'm I'm monitoring it we haven't gotten any any. do we have a caller we don't oh okay um we have anonymous feedback over here it says regarding your video on service fees a dealer i used to go to used to list the items included in their hourly charge shop towels sealers etc the sign is down now and and a fee is just added on (laughs) so but you know you got to give them credit if they really wanted to include everything was in that fee (laughs) that's pretty interesting Um, I know that in South Carolina, there was a law passed with the dealer fees several years ago that allows the dealers to continue to charge the dealer fee, but they have to um, justify it. So they have to say if you have a $700 dealer fee, they have to calculate the amount of hourly uh, wages they pay to the office staff, and the cost of the paper and the cap- paper clips, and the gas to shuttle things to the DMV, and uh, and that goes into their process. What fee. a bunch of BS, I, BS. I mean, it just uh, doesn't mean a damn no, thing. Yeah. You could add, you could add. Uh, you uh, uh, add your
0: phone bill. You I mean, here's a, here's you my, my phone bill. My phone bill last month was twenty three hundred dollars. So I'm going to divide it up among the number of cars I sell. So this is your piece of my phone bill, right. and, and, and this is my salesman's commission, and this is what I pay Stu and this is what, I mean they he, had $10 for the title <laughs> clerk's breakfast
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah that's true, it's, it's all BS and, uh, but that's pretty funny um, oh here's a, another anonymous says, at what point will you remove your masks for the show I know when, there you go, he just did it I just removed my mask, look at that beautiful mug yeah. um, I'll, 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 I'll go on a limb and say, uh, right now the CDC is recommending in Palm Beach County, Florida where we are broadcasting from that um, indoor mask use continues uh, we're about a five percent trans uh, positivity rate so when it comes down to a little bit guidance will change and we'll follow the uh, follow the guidance
0: and now here's here's uh, daddy's comment i don't think the cd need cdc knows their ass from their elbow and uh, i think that uh, they're making you know uh, they're contradicting the fda they're contradicting uh uh, the scientists, uh, everybody's contradicting everybody else. Well, we've uh, been
1: following the CDC at the dealership. Yeah, we since have. The
0: we, so. we have been. We've been following. we got to follow somebody. Uh, but uh, the I, well, who we're really following is our own conscience, and uh, we, we'll make that decision as far as masks uh, based on uh, uh, on our our own conscience when we think that we can have a customer come into the dealership uh, and not be harmed in any way from. Other customers or our own employees, then we will relax the mask policy. But uh, it's just a, it's just a shame now the way. Uh, and I'm not going to digress because I've told uh, the others on the show this is a show about cars. Uh, it's not a show about masks. Uh, when we have a mystery shopping report, we usually note whether or not they have masks. Well, that's a, that's a point we should point out, but we we don't want to make a big deal out of it. But yeah, yeah. Uh, just uh, uh, here, here, here's my opinion on why we're wearing masks. We're trying to make a statement because masks are under uh, emphasized. And I think a lot of the people, including our governor uh, in Florida and other governors like Texas, uh, ought to have their heads examined with uh, some of their policy. So uh, Earl Stewart on cars policy is to be careful and worry about people's health and COVID. And be honest with you, we don't need a mask in here. Everybody in here has been fully vaccinated. and. Uh, and where this is, this is more than an abundance of uh, of uh, caution. It's a it's a statement to you that you've got to be careful out there, folks. And uh, whether you're buying a car or buying a turkey, uh, be careful out there. And uh, 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 this is about cars, so we're not going to go on and on about that. But I just wanted to make the point because the question came up. That's right.
2: Okay, we're going to go back to the phones, and we are going to talk to Juan, uh who is from New Jersey. Good morning, Juan.
6: Good morning, guys. How are you today? Great.
2: Welcome back.
6: Thank you. Thank you. I, I had a couple of questions, but I just wanted to say something about math and I'm going to pull politics right here. But up here in northern New Jersey and in New York City uh, with between the vaccination and mass COVID has practically disappeared. So judge for yourself what that means. Um, anyway, um, you, you make your own judgments on that, and it's mandatory in schools and, and every place goes. But, okay, that's the only thing I'm going to say on that. I have a question for you, a couple of part questions. I, myself, was a fender bender uh, about a week ago. Not, not a lot of damage to my car. It's a, it's a 2010 Ford Taurus That thing to get rid of. I had collision. Do you think it's worth fixing or just take the money and put it towards a new car? The, 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 the back fender got damaged. I don't know. I haven't got the settlement yet, so I don't know how much it is. You think it's worth fixing, or we'll just take the insurance money and go for a new car?
0: So your your question is, should you have it fixed uh, yeah. before you trade it in?
6: Yeah, should I have it fixed, or take the money? I, I would say I haven't got the settlement. Yet. I I would say I'm going to get about fifteen hundred dollars. That's my. Idea. So somebody told me that's what it's about worth. Should I, should I spend the money to fix it. Or I just take the $1,500 and go out and get
4: something
1: else? I'm going to go out um, on a limb and just say, I think you should fix it. I mean, $1,500 is $1,500, but right now the used car market is going crazy. So if you can get that car looking clean, fix the damage, get it detailed up, I think you could inflate that, um, that value for yourself. I and mean, that's just a, a thought. You're, I mean, I don't know, what do you think? Some people just get the insurance check they use right. uh, it to the a new deal.
0: It depends on how, how hard you want to work on that. I, I would try it both ways. I would. Uh, I, I think first of all, it's not going to cost a dealer with a body shop uh, nearly as much to fix the car uh, as the insurance company will reimburse you. So they can they can fix the car for a lot less. Yeah. If you get, if it get a deal that's going to look at it hard and say I can fix that car uh, for. Uh, $800 or $900, uh, you're better off to have that 1500 in your pocket if he will in turn pass along that knowledge in the way he... If, if the dealership well
1: has a body shop. Exactly. If, if the, the dealership has, has, a has a body shop, shop yeah, then he's yeah, at the mercy yeah. of uh,
0: exactly somebody else. And most dealers yeah. don't have body shops, so uh, the answer is probably like Stu said, go ahead and get it fixed but and you can
1: ask them I mean yeah. you can have that conversation with the salesperson and just to yeah. get information I don't think we have enough info yeah. right now and say w- what how would you like this car because if they like Earl said if they did have a body shop or if they have a relationship with a body shop where they're doing like you know the inter- like a wholesale sort of deal yeah. um, they could get it done cheaper in which case it, you, that'll maximize your your, your bucks
2: in um, uh, uh, yeah, lo- one I agree with the guys um, I uh, or at least do. I'd attempt to uh, find out how much that's going to cost uh, is, if that was the final price. I think you mentioned $1,500. Uh, did you? Fifteen?
5: Yeah, I mentioned I,
2: Okay. I
6: somebody told me they were knowledgeable. I, I haven't got the settlement yet. I'll get that next week. Uh, uh, yeah, I, because it has nothing to do with the drivability of the car. It's, it's just cosmetic. So just the body bands. Yeah. I drive the car forever. But, so uh, that's pretty much uh, the other question. I have two other quick questions. Uh, my daughter was also in a fender bender a couple of months ago, and it's a leased car. And I said to her, she said she called the insurance company, and they said, "Oh, you're not insured for collision." I said, "That's impossible." I said, "You must be insured by the leasing company, where it's the GAP insurance, where you're paying for it and you don't know about it because she hasn't had a chance to call you." Do you think that's the case that you must be insured by the leasing company?
0: Well, you're saying it's a lease car, Uh that your yes, daughter I mean, has? It's a
6: lease. Car. I, said, I said, there's no way they let you out of the dealership without collision
0: okay? Except, Yeah.
6: Right.
0: They require it, it on it, the lease, yes. Minor,
6: right. I, it's, a, it's, a, it's a minor damage that the lease is coming to an end and you want to get it fixed. Yeah. She called her insurance company. And they said, oh, you don't have collision. So she was going crazy. So she called me. and so I said, you must be insured. By the you know for leasing, she's got a force leasing. So then they must be giving you the gas. you don't even know. if You're paying through your lease gap insurance yeah. and the collision. There's, there's no way they're going to let you out of that lot. Like in other words, you would never let a car out a lease car out of your lot unless it was insured, correct? I mean, you're not going to let somebody drive yeah, your car yeah. out of it.
0: You're right, absolutely. I
6: mean, there's no way that would happen. No. I the, the last, okay, I, I said that's got to be the case that you're paying for it and you don't even know it. So I said, uh, you know, follow up with them next week if you, if you would. The last question I had was I, um, I'm looking about the food shortage and everything like that. And I have to agree with you
3: on one thing.
6: Do uh, you think that all these conglomerates, you know, whether it's Ford, Toyota, Honda, they have something up their sleeve with building their own plants or doing something? They're not going to
1: let this go on that much longer. There must be some
0: way that they figured out, that they're going to fix this. What
6: is your opinion? I'm
0: sorry, you broke up there. Yeah, yeah. We'll repeat that. uh, Okay. Uh, The chip shortage. Oh, the chip shortage. Okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, Okay. Yeah, yeah. the, The 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 chip shortage is. A variable from manufacturer to manufacturer, some manufacturers are experiencing extreme pain, like General Motors, uh, Toyota, uh, for whatever reason is experiencing less pain. Uh, I forecasted for a long time since the beginning of this whole uh, mess that the chip shortage was was going to be over by the end of the year. I still believe that uh, it, it is not a uniform over. It will be over for. Some manufacturers, it'll still be difficult for others, but on average, it will be much, much mitigated, and uh, uh, the people should consider waiting until uh, December, January to buy a car, and uh, the volume did, and the production will be up.
6: I just a little, the question is sort of a statement. Don't you think that all these manufacturers, well, whoever it is, General Motors, Toyota. Are already sourcing from other places, Then a place like General Motors or Toyota, they're not going to sit back and wait. Aren't they like, going to build their own factories or, 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 or preparing for something that they're not going to ever let this happen again, and they'll be online with chips like you said in January and February? They've got this thing covered already?
0: I don't think so. I, I don't think microchips are a... Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm an expert on microchips because I used to be an electronics engineer. In fact, I used to uh, design and design in microchips, so I know about microchips. And uh, n- microchip production is a highly specialized, expensive, uh, difficult uh, thing to do. You just don't say, I'm going to uh, give you a billion dollars I'm going to start a microchip company. Uh, you need to have extreme expertise experience uh, the United States used to be the world leader in microchips and then uh, they got lazy and they fell behind and now uh, the microchip uh, uh, industry is now offshore and we're importing microchips from other countries. There's one or two major microchip manufacturers in the world. and. Uh, to become a, a, a player in the microchip business, you're talking 10 years. If someone said to me, I'll give you all the money in the world you want, you have to be building microchips to put into Ford's and Honda's and, and uh, uh, Sherman tanks or whatever, you've got to have microchips, uh, it would take me 10 years to get up to speed to, have, to supply them. So I do not believe the auto manufacturers will be able to do this.
3: Okay, I, I,
6: okay, so I, I was wrong. So they, you educated me on that. Uh, that turned out very, very, very interesting. I wouldn't have known that in a million years. Yeah, All right, yeah. guys, thank you very much. I think your show was great. I enjoy listening to it, and have a good weekend. Okay, thank you, thank you. Thank you very Great much.
2: hearing from you. Uh, ladies, I have $50 for the first two new lady callers. You still have time to give us a call at 877-960-9960, and you can also text us at 772 772- Four nine seven six five three zero, and this uh, global chip shortage certainly has changed our lives and it is global uh, how do you feel? give us a call we'd like to hear from you 877-960-9960 uh, I think we'll send it back to Stu
1: okay let me see what I got over here this is a weird show without Rick you know Yeah, it's the, a little, I miss void. Rick he provides a little, a little foil for me Okay, let's see. This is interesting. Um, when do you think airless tires will become available?
0: Well, that's one of the things I've been uh, wondering about all my life. Uh, I, uh, <laughs> uh, Nancy and I talk about an old uncle I had, he's passed away, uh, and uh, a great guy, Uncle Charlie. And uh, I, I remember as a kid, saying, Uncle Charlie saying, they should come up with an airless tire. And uh, it made sense to me. And, I mean, of course, at the time, uh, you could have an airless tire, but it would be so bumpy it would knock the fillings out of your teeth. But, uh, yeah, I don't know why they don't. I I think they actually have airless tires. They do. And it's so expensive that uh, it's, you know, it's not worth the investment. I mean, you're better off to wear a a bunch of tires out.
1: Michelin has. um, I saw a news article, um, I don't know, in the last couple of weeks, that in 2023 they were bringing them to the market. And they look like honeycombs. Uh, and they're they call it they're non pneumatic tires, so hmm. airless tires. And um, I guess the trick was they've been able to make these like rigid, like these um, spongy, springy matrixes that kinda compresses yeah. but to make them feel like a um, like the tires that we're used to is is a big challenge. So Well
0: how the deal is gonna sell you nitrogen if you got a
1: well, they'll blow nitrogen on the tires. Where <laughs> <laughs> there's a wheel, there's a way. They'll blow through the tire.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, it's kind of strange. I was looking at the Michelin one in the article, and it looks weird, and to me, it doesn't look good. It looks like incomplete. But this has just changed, and when every tire car on the road has those on the, it, it's going to look normal. And yeah. uh, and I'm sure they'll figure out ways to make them look cool and come up with fancier versions like we do with our current tires. So, yeah. Um, interesting. Yeah, but it's pretty neat. They look like it because you know when they go to um, Mars and they drive around on Mars and the various rovers, they don't have pneumatic tires there. They yeah. they have to have those uh, airless tires because the air pressure is so low there. The,
0: the whole world is changing dramatically. Just think how. Tire Kingdom uh, feels listening to this conversation. Think of all the people that are manufacturing, you know, Michelin, Goodyear, Firestone. Uh, Think of all the uh, tire companies that uh, we sell tires, car dealers sell tires, everybody sells tires. And pretty soon you're not going to be selling any more tires. And uh, the maintenance, uh, rotate and balance, forget about it. Uh, uh, All the things that we think about today with cars, uh, r- repair is becoming obsolete. The, the car of the future won't require repair or maintenance uh, or a driver. And uh, we're not talking about 100 years from now, we're talking about 20 years from now. So, how scary, interesting, exciting. I, you know, it's just crazy. What's, uh, uh, I, I just i am so glad that I'm able to see this happening. It just, uh, yeah, it's just crazy.
2: It's phenomenal. Um uh, I'd like to share something with the audience and that is from the American uh, In- International Automobile uh, Dealers Association and uh, it's uh, about this uh, tax that you're going to be p- paying on, the, uh, on your EV and uh, here it is supporting a $4,500 tax credit for only EVs built at unionized plants. Unionized plants Interesting, and that are built in America. $4,500. How do you feel about that? 877-960-9960. Or you can text us at 772-497-6530. We're going to go back to the phones. Let me, uh, Jack.
0: Can I jump? Oh, we got a phone call because I want to talk about that and then we'll uh, do the phone call first.
2: Okay, ladies and gentlemen, you can stay tuned for that. We're going to go to Doug who's a regular caller. Uh, he's calling us from Boca
5: good morning
2: good morning Doug. welcome
5: good to uh hear from you guys um so sim's lease has been up and they don't have any hondas at all and we went there the other day and they wanted to buy her car they said oh we'll give you good money for your car and then she said well you don't have any car for me so why would i do that so we extended our lease for for
0: another three, four months, hoping that they'll have some stock, but they went from 600 cars in the lot to only 32. Hmm. Well, that's great. Uh, how, how many months do
5: they extend their lease, Doug? Three more months.
0: Oh, that's great, yeah. That, I'm glad you mentioned that because all the listeners out there, a lot of people panic, uh, and good reason to panic when your lease is coming up because it starts the uh, games let the games begin. You'll be getting phone calls typically from the dealer uh, six months before your lease is up. Everybody wants that car. It's like a, like a bunch of pack of dogs around a big juicy steak. People want those cars and the dealers are bidding up uh, used cars because they're so uh, a low supply, high demand. They can make a ton of money on that. So they want to buy your lease car. Uh, and of course, they always want to sell you another car or lease another car. So it's... You feel like a, uh, you feel like a, uh, you know, as I said before, you got a, some uh, fresh meat in your pocket, and the dogs are following you around. But you did the smart thing, uh, extend the lease as long as you can, because in three months uh, you'll be able to buy uh, or lease a car for thousands of dollars less than it would be if you leased it today. You you get a great deal on a lease in three months compared to what it is today.
5: Cool. And then my other car, the SI, they wanted
0: to buy that, like, right off of the... <laughs> right. I said, oh, we will give you some money for that. I go, no, oh, I'm not selling you that car. <laughs> no, it, it's, you know, it's so cool to be a wanted so badly. I mean, not you, but your car. And uh, you can't go into a car dealership, at least one that has you know, any intelligent people working there, if they don't try to buy your car. Uh, that's about uh, the only source of cars. Think about it. Uh, the volume of sales is down, and so that's the way dealers get the material for their used car lot is from their trade-ins. Now when you have so few trade-ins, how are you going to keep the used car department going unless you buy the car? So if you buy the car, you got to buy it for less than you're going to sell it for. So they tell you that you're going to get the world's highest price but uh, they don't want to give you the world's highest price because if they give you the world's highest price, they can't sell it for the world's highest price. <laughs> <laughs> it's a crazy, crazy world, and uh, you're in the driver's seat. It's got to be fun. Everybody, everybody wants that car you got, Doug, and they'll be uh, after you.
5: Okay, well, Ellis says hello, and I he have a great day. <laughs> <laughs>
0: How Thank about Sam? Did Sim plan? say hello?
5: Yeah, she's still uh, a little sleepy okay <laughs> uh, that's
0: all right
2: well doug it was great hearing from you you you
5: guys too we we love you guys have a great day thank, thank you so pleasure. much
2: thank look forward to hearing from you again uh i can't help but mention this again i talked about this earlier in the show and uh when we opened and it is about all of the countries that we reach or reach us and it is uh, well, wow, what a surprise. It's uh, fantastic. Over, uh, I think, uh, 50 uh, countries here. And uh, I'll hold up my little printout right here. and uh, we got this got Pakistan. Is po- this is, pardon me?
1: we got Pakistan.
2: <laughs> we do. Uh, so this is for the podcast listeners around the world. And we have a very wide reach um, via podcast. And I'm talking uh, Jonathan I said,
0: before the show, and he says that the... Uh, <laughs> podcasts are only a small number of the listeners, or viewers, I should say, on YouTube or Facebook. So, multiply that, uh, and it's shocking. I mean, Algeria, I'm looking at Nepal, Chile, Israel, Japan, Turkey, Australia, Brazil, Russia, uh, Romania, Georgia. Yeah, in
2: Indonesia, U- Ukraine.
0: So, it's, it's really a Turkey, so cool. India. We need to come up with something. We have the uh, special uh, prize for the First female caller, uh, we could have like a special uh, for the prize. first North, North Korean caller. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. You know, how about uh, Vietnam? Uh, we have calls from Vietnam. Oh, I
2: want someone to call from Italy. Nepal. I <laughs> want. How about Nepal? That's what. We'll, that's a great idea. What we'll do
0: is we will have we'll have a list of cool countries, meaning obscure, mm-hmm. uh, and we will say if we have a bona fide call, we'll have a reward of some kind. Okay. Yeah. Very
2: cool. Yeah, it's very interesting. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, there you go. And uh, can our listeners, uh, everyone out there, uh, find this information um, at Earl and Cars? Very good. And hey, hmm? let's do it right now. No?
0: Israel. If we have a, if we have a call from Israel for the rest of the show, what are we going to do, Stu? We'll give you ten dollars. Ten dollars. <laughs> if you call, from, if you call from Israel.
2: Well, you a modified
0: I, call from Israel.
2: Uh, I have something even more tempting. Uh, Ossobucca. I really I really could make a great Ossobucca. Yeah. So anyone from Italy, give me a call. 877 well, Nancy's
1: going to ship her Osibuco to you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're going to ship your Ossobucca to the I will. first caller? Where there's a will, there's a way.
2: Okay. <laughs> 877-960-9960. Give us a call. Ladies, $50 for the first two new Lady callers.
0: Can I go back and talk about the AIADA?
2: Uh, Yes, you can.
0: It's the American Automobile International Dealers Association, Uh and it's a PAC. It's a political action committee. It's an organization of dealers, mainly import dealers, uh, disguise themselves as the whole auto industry. Uh, They actually are anti-Detroit Uh, They are mainly, uh, as I say, Nissan, Honda, Toyota. Toyota is the big dog in the AIATA. And uh, they lobby Washington and they lobby everybody and they have big bucks. They're very well supported. And uh, that was, uh, they're pushing now because they're angry at the legislation that's coming up that uh, is going to tax people on electric cars if they are built by a non, uh, if they're built by a union, non-union, plant. non-union la- labor, and what you don't know, the the deep dark dirty secret here, is that most of your, most of your import manufacturers like Honda and and Toyota and Nissan, these cars are manufactured at non-union plants, and so they are mad because they are going to say. You have to be unionized or else we're going to tax you. And they're pretending to represent the whole auto industry and they're pretending to represent the whole United States and saying it's a fair thing. Now, I'm not going to take a position. I happen to have a position on that, but I'm not going to tell you what it is. But I just think it's pretty sneaky how the AIADA is representing something <coughs> when it has an ulterior motive. It's for the imported car manufacturers. It's to protect them. It is not to protect, uh, uh, you know, America and the American way. Okay, that's all i got to say about well, that.
2: I, I definitely agree with you without even putting it out there in, you know, word for word. I just made a I lot d- of
0: Toyota people really mad at me, but that's it,
2: what, exactly uh, that's um,
0: what I do.
1: I think you may unhappy. happy. To- Toyota is against it. They're lobbying against it.
0: So to- Toyota thinks that it is unfair That right. they... They're
1: only giving the credit to uh, cars built at unionized plants.
0: Yeah, and they think that's unfair.
1: Right. You? Oh, you don't agree with Toyota? No. Oh, okay.
0: No, I, I think I think that they should say why. In other words, in uh, in other words, most of Toyota's plants are non-union, right. so it doesn't affect them.
1: It yes, does. It does.
0: It, yeah, it does affect them. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and they don't think it's fair, but th- it. Th- they're they're not saying that General Motors. Well, I, well I, I don't want to get into it. They, they are people don't know who they are. They think it's a, they think it's the auto industry, and it's not. It's the imported auto industry right. that is right. AIT. Yeah, GM, Chrysler, Ford are not lobbying for this. They are union. No, they're happy with it. They're happy with it. Yeah, yes. yeah, 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 That's that was my point.
1: Yeah, because it's it'll put Toyota at a disadvantage.
2: Yeah. Okay, folks. Um, hope you caught all that. Every moment is very exciting with very exciting news. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, what do you have to say? Let your voice be heard. 877 960 9960. We're going to go back to the phones for, um, I'm going to say an oldies, but a goodie. And uh, that's uh, Roadrunner Steve. He's calling yes. us from Palm Beach. Good morning. Good morning, Steve. It's Good nice morning, to hear from everybody. you. everybody. How are we
7: doing? Beep I was beep. on vacation. Oh, no. We missed
1: you. We were wondering.
7: Yeah, it was on the west coast of Florida. Uh-huh. The, uh huh. The me and my friend, he wanted to look at the uh, the new Nissan Frontier to check it out. Uh-huh. Up on your favorite place on Lake Worth, uh-huh. Nissan. Uh huh. So he's looking at the price, manufactured price, thirty eight thousand dollars. Okay. Now they came up with at all the pricing, they added on five thousand dollars. huh no. So my friend goes, what's that for? Well, because there's a car shortage.
2: <laughs> there you go.
7: <laughs> how do they do that? Oh, okay,
1: sure, I'll give you five grand. I feel <laughs> bad for you.
7: What, what, what kind of... If you go to the store and there's only one loaf of bread on the shelf, at $2. I'm going to pay $12? It depends there on how hungry you, you <laughs> are. <laughs>
1: If you're really hungry, you're going to pay $12 for that loaf of bread, I promise.
7: Well, if I was really hungry, I'd steal it. No, there you go.
2: <laughs> it's so good to hear from you, Steve.
7: How do they, they do that? Yeah, there's I an inventory
2: pay. shortage. But there's so- also a shortage of shame. There's a, there's a shortage exactly. of, of shame and decency.
1: And uh, that's going hand-in-hand with the inventory shortage.
2: Yeah, and that answer that you got about there being an inventory shortage, I'm just scratching my head. Um, He really put that out there. He didn't make any excuses uh, for this uh, outrageous increase in the uh, vehicle. It is just, uh, how do they do that? Well, if I wanted to trade in a car, I could add on $5,000 to my trading. (laughs) <laughs> there you go. You
1: hey, put a sticker you, on your trade an addendum.
2: What do you have in the what do you have in the trunk to negotiate with, you know? I could charge $10,000 more if uh, How about some broccoli? There's broccoli in the yep. trunk. <laughs> uh, no broccoli. I'm, too I'm gassy. I'm just trying to be as ridiculous <laughs> okay, as they are.
7: Dear. I know that, but that means you can put any price you could add on there any price. There you go. Mhm.
1: Yeah, that's true. But with it's up to you to say no and today. walk away.
7: Uh, <laughs> <for> <laughs> they to they can ask all they want. want.
0: But, Steve, you know, the funny thing is they actually sell that car and they get to the 5000 I know
7: they do. Yes, they're they're I know not, they do.
0: And, and, and that's it. They know that.
7: can you be?
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, you're financing the
7: car, and you're going to finance an extra $5,000? Yeah. Yeah. Supply and, and demand.
0: Every day I get emails from Nigeria and strange places saying that my rich uncle died and if I'll send him $200,000 in good faith I get $200 million and I say to myself how can anyone be that stupid to fall for it and the fact of the matter is when you send out 20 million emails you're going to have one moron uh, some poor soul that's going to send him the money and uh, it happens and you read about it in the newspaper.
1: I'm going to make a confession uh, Roadrunner Steve years ago ago, I, I fell victim to something like that and it was when I bought a BlackBerry. This is in the years before iPhone, so this is this puts it a while back. And I was all excited. I saw these an ad for all the rebates for this new BlackBerry Pearl. I went into the Verizon store with my brother, thinking I was gonna I was gonna pay around $199 for this thing. And of course, I didn't I didn't qualify for all the stuff. I went in there. I actually have my credit card in my hand. I was so excited to get this thing. And he goes, okay, great. And I'm handing the card, he goes, that's gonna be $821. And I looked at my brother Josh, and I continued to hand him my card because I was so caught up in the excitement and the ether that at that moment, I just wanted that phone and I didn't care. And I paid all the money for it. And the guy probably high-fived his buddy as soon as we walked out. Um, but. It can happen when it's an emotional experience, and you get excited. You 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 you, you don't see things clearly. <laughs> so well, that's I what happened.
0: That's, that's
7: a good point to admit again.
2: Most people at
7: at that, at that age. Did you have enough credit
1: on your credit card? <laughs> I, oh, I did. I was still like in my 30s, I think, but I wasn't. A, oh, okay. I wasn't a young that young, but I was. But I, that happens to anybody. I mean, any age is they get excited, get caught up in the thing, and, and no, I didn't do research. No, I didn't shop and compare. I was. I was a terrible, yeah. terrible consumer. Yeah,
2: and and Steve, you know, uh, it, it, it's a, it's amazing in this climate how much more we have to uh, apply knowledge uh, because there's so many loopholes. I mean, these uh, cards. Dealers are taking advantage, full advantage of the global chip shortage and the inventory shortage in any way, shape, or form. If they can convince you that, it, hey, it's just okay, every other car dealer is doing it. You know, are, this complacency people, sickens me.
0: People are afraid to admit when they were taken advantage of. And, uh, you know, I, I congratulate Stu. Very few people will say uh, I was a sucker. I mean, I, I can't tell you the number of times I've done something stupid. And people don't, most people don't want to talk about it. Yeah. And that's the reason dealers get away with it. Is that, you know, what happens when you go into a car dealership, uh, you tell all your friends, I just bought a new car from Napleton uh, Nissan. Or I just bought a new car from wherever. And uh, they say, did you get a good deal? Oh, did I get a good deal? I mean, you wouldn't believe the price. I got a really good price. You don't go... Even when you find out you got suckered in and you got taken advantage of, you don't want to tell your friends that you they made a sucker out of you. So that's how these things continue on and on. We love to talk about it, and I appreciate your calling the show because yeah, you
2: exposed definitely something
0: that's going on that a lot of people won't talk about.
2: Yeah. So how do they do that, Steve? <laughs>
7: How big was the fish that got away? Right? Your yeah. arms are going to go to a full extension. Exactly. <laughs> okay. Hey, and do you got a new phone system, it takes a while to get through.
1: It's not a whole lot of lines, so yeah. If it's if one a couple of people are calling, then it gets backed up. And uh, yeah, we're oh, we're lobbying. Okay. We're lobbying to get that improved.
2: Yeah, it's it's okay. it's hey, going to uh, happen. By the way,
7: you you had a blueberry. I'm still on my flip phone that I'm the, talking to you right now. A
1: blueberry. <laughs>
7: <laughs> Look at. Huh? I love that. Or blackberry, whatever they were. It, I'm getting
1: All made right, fun everybody of.
7: Everybody stay safe and well.
1: Thanks, Roadrunner Steve. Thank I'm, I'm s- getting made fun of online. People are commenting yeah. on the Blackberry Pearl now.
2: Thank <laughs> you, yeah. Steve. still had uh, right, have
0: a good day. Uh, You're welcome. Did you have black tooth on your blueberry? I did. Had black tooth on my blueberry. Yeah.
2: Uh, he, and, and you know, you know, to mention uh, pricing and negotiating, it doesn't matter who you are. I can look back um, just a short time—that was just the day before yesterday. You looked me straight in the eye, and you said, "Hey, listen, I'll give you a thousand dollars for those sandals." You were in a situation, you were in a moment, so thousand dollars wasn't so bad. No. <laughs> depends on how inconvenient, uh, you know, you get into a situation. Yeah. Anyway, I digress. 877-960-9960 or you can text us at 772-497-6530 Don't forget your youranonymousfeedback.com uh, uh, We're going to go back to the phones uh, where we have uh, Frank who has uh, given us a call many times. Good morning Frank
8: Good morning to you all It's always a pleasure waking up on a Saturday morning and hearing your discussions and questions and answers and very, very enjoyed it Anyway, here's, um, here's a question for you. If you buy a car on a state, and you can bring it back. I mean, you do the sales tax here in Florida, or do you have to do it on a state and then... You no, it in you, you
1: pay the sales tax um, where you're registering the vehicle.
8: Okay. Because, it, it, one, we don't seem to see any cars down here. But, um, and then Here's the second part of that question. not that we're looking to buy one. Is the Nissan's having a problem? I mean... Are they, are they going
1: to be around, or that's a that's a good question. I mean, yeah, Nissan's going to be around for a while. I mean, um, down the road, um, when, when we talk about the future of the big uh, car manufacturers and whether or not um, everybody's going to be around, um, no, not everybody was going to be around in the future. But we're talking ten, fifteen, twenty years down the road. I don't think Nissan's going anywhere. They're, well, I, you know, I,
0: but Frank, you hit on a on a very weak company. Nissan is. Uh, in the United States, uh, they're, they're, they're a dead automotive manufacturer. Walking, uh, they have nothing going for them. They don't have management. They don't have technology. Uh, they're really, really. Uh, they don't have a dealer network. Uh, if there's ever been uh, a history, they, you know, their uh, CEO uh, broke uh, broke out of jail and is in exile in uh, Libya or someplace. Uh, it's just a it's just a joke of a company. And uh, uh, when the car companies start to fold, they will be one of the first. But as Stu said, uh, they're not going out of business. They got, they got a lot of cash. They were, they've been around a long time. And, they st- and it's, to my knowledge, they don't have as much cash as when Carlos Ghosn got uh, caught with his hand in the till. But uh, they got a lot of cash, and they'll be around for at least another 10 or 15 years. Okay.
8: Yeah, but now the reason I brought that up, we just came back from Connecticut. Um, my girlfriend's from there, and so we go back world. and we You know, you drive by the Toyota dealership with their three cars in the lot. You go by a Chevy Ford, they may have 10 cars. You go by the Nissan dealer, 500 cars sitting in that lot in Middletown, <laughs> Connecticut. <laughs> I go, place. Wow, <laughs> <time. laughs> That's definitely I didn't excellent. have time to go and see what the markups were, but I couldn't believe their inventory—row after row after row. It was like a container ship that dropped them
0: in. Wow, so, I
1: haven't seen anything like that.
0: I mean, I'd, love, no. I'd love, I'd love to get a picture next time you're in that area. Uh, that would really be interesting. I, uh, Automotive News would like to get that picture. I mean, there, there, well, there's a dealer deal with the problems. <laughs> well, I,
8: mean, I, I was shocked, but um, yeah. the, the good news is one of Anne Marie's cousins does HR Block tax work and so she says, I I know that one guy has this particular dealership and I can still get a car if you want one um, because they're just not there I said, well, maybe we'll buy a car and drive it back and uh, I'll figure out the the tax when we get um. Oh, one other thing about your Toyota, the Land Cruiser the one I kind of remember from when growing up it was all over the world with the red red I'm sorry
1: Yeah, they dropped it
8: yeah, that's
1: what I thought. I, I couldn't believe it. I, said, well, I couldn't say it was like a, a you know, in your imprinting your a line in the Yeah, it's such a legacy vehicle. They're, they're, you're going to keep making the Lexus LX, the big giant uh, SUV that's kind of like a Land Cruiser, but yeah, the Land Cruiser is going away. I don't understand Toyota. I mean, I understand that the demand for SUVs. That's all anybody wants to buy, but Toyota right now has so many SUVs. <laughs> we got another one. There's more coming. Uh, even you know they dropped the Avalon and they're going to replace it with the Crown, but not the Japanese Crown is going to be an SUV. I, I think crown. they should
0: have kept the name. They should have kept Land Cruiser, turned it into a electric all electric vehicle. Yeah. May, maybe even an all electric truck or something. But uh, I, I think they're making a big mistake. But Toyota really calls me for those decisions. Yeah, they do.
1: Really? Well, they, they might bring it back. They brought the Venza back. <laughs> so
8: who knows? Yeah. Well, one, la- one last thing with electric cars, now that the gas is going stupid, it seems like they're really trying to push you towards electric. I-, I heard something, though, about Tesla. You can actually monitor when you go in your car, in the cloud one, and put on all three motors and go crazy. Is that, some- is that just um, rumors, or is that something they can actually buy when you do that? So- I'm
1: having a hard-, Frank, I a hard time hearing that last sentence. Could you repeat that?
8: Yeah, I heard some, some rumors that Tesla can actually monitor When your dad or mom is driving
1: that car yeah that's not a real motors
8: and
1: and we've confirmed that
0: uh stu can tell you about that (laughs) (laughs) i'll tell
1: you about it because we have another question on uh from uh from donovan online asking about it so there is a um, full self-driving upgrade that is coming to the teslas um, where it actually drives on city streets and all that but uh, to qualify for that you have to prove that you're a safe driver so you agree to allow tesla uh, uh, using their sensors uh, to to monitor how you're driving. And <laughs> this is really funny. So we, they said, you're going to be evaluated for about two weeks. And I didn't know what they're evaluating. Then, then Earl found it, and it's on his Tesla app. And it's a safety score, and it, it grades you based on hard stops, hard turns, following too closely, etc. And they give you a score. So t- he finds his... He sent me a screenshot. So he has a 95 out of 100 safety 96. score. Well, he's improved it. And I had a... <laughs> I, I had an 85. And so... He, uh, my father is a safer driver than me, which was not what we expected to find out here, did yeah. we? No. And, yeah.
0: uh, See all the slings and arrows right. and, and nasty comments about my driving?
1: I will say I drive a lot more than, than my father does. That. Well, it that doesn't uh, make any difference. Right. I so mean, you know, here's this. More time to screw up. Um, anyway, so um, I've improved it, by the way. I'm an 89. It's an average. I'm an, I'm, an, I'm an 89 right now. And Ooh. then I found out, and I don't know if you know this, you might not even get in because what they're doing is first they're giving it to people who got, who got hundreds. And they're, and they're limiting the amount of people, so they're adding people to the program. Anyway, I'm, I'm getting off topic, but yes, it's true, Frank, they, they do monitor <laughs> your, your safety. And I didn't know this, and I'm gonna tie this in with Donovan's comment from Facebook, I mean, from, from YouTube. Tesla has a new, has their own insurance company. And I didn't know that, so Donovan says Tesla launched its insurance company in Texas and it's unique um, for Texas. It's based off the new safety score for full self-driving. So Tesla is getting into the car insurance um, industry using their own cars to determine your safety, to base your rates. So pretty interesting stuff.
2: Very interesting.
8: Wow. Wow. Thank you, guys. Well, you all, as always, have a great weekend, and I, I appreciate you guys being there. We'll talk to you another time.
1: All right, Frank, be good.
2: Fine. Thank you so much. You. Um eight seven seven nine six oh ninety nine sixty. Uh, that's a number that you normally can get through on, but uh, right now what we've done is uh, close the lines, and uh, that will allow you to take advantage of the, sec- the uh, text number, which is seven seven two four nine seven six five three zero, where you will vote on the Mystery Shopping Report from uh, Mike Maroney Chevrolet. And uh, I do have to give credit to Agent Lightning and uh, what a fantastic job she does week in and week out. She certainly is seasoned uh, at this point. But although I think she came to us seasoned and uh, it was a a win-win situation, so Agent Lightning, our hat is off to you. We're going to... uh, Take some more texts, or are we yeah, gonna? Yeah. You got the YouTube. Or? Yeah,
1: we have some more Donovan on YouTube. Wants to know from Earl uh, what other brands, and he's he's dubbed this a new list. It's the dead automakers walking. What other brands does Earl think are dead automakers walking?
0: Uh, I think I, all your all your franchises, There's some good ones that, that that won't make it. I mean, I, I kind of wonder about Subaru, my favorite auto manufacturer, quality wise, but they're so small. Uh, Honda, uh, great car. Uh, you know, it, it's. It, I think all of them. There's only going to be three or four. Right. So you you can't really. A Nissan is a no-brainer. I mean, they're you know they're they're a terrible manufacturer, terrible company, uh, and they shouldn't even be around. Mazda, you know, they've come along. They won't be around. Uh, you're going to have. You're going to have. Uh, uh, whoever pairs with the (coughs) best software people. So, uh, you know, uh, you have uh, uh, Volkswagen, uh, you have Toyota, you have...
1: uh, I hope Toyota pairs up with Apple. You
0: have Tesla. I mean, let's face it, Tesla is uh, the... you talk about the dark horse, the one that everybody laughed at, uh, including me, and... uh, I was watching uh, CNBC the other day. Stu's tired of me saying that. I, you know, they're, they're, I watch Nancy and I watch it all the time. But uh, there's a guy named Jim Kramer who was my favorite financial guy. And if you're a financial guy, you'll know who I'm talking about. But he's, he's my financial guru. He poo-pooed and laughed at Tesla over and over. And Tesla is crazy. Uh, you, you're never going to make it. It's a cult. It's like a religious cult. They're never going to succeed. You know what he said last week? He says, uh, "He says Tesla is going to dominate the auto industry. And, uh, and the guy that was with him, his financial consultant uh, buddy, said, you were always saying Tesla was going to go broke. They couldn't possibly make it. Elon Musk was a joke. He says, when did you change your mind? He says, a few weeks ago when I finally drove a Tesla. Hmm. I mean, I've never... You see, he's an analytical guy. To say that, that sounds too subjective. But you know something? When Nancy and I first drove a Tesla two or three years ago, you know, that's when we, we came around. We, we said, holy mackerel. This
1: is a wholly different experience.
0: Yeah, and, uh, and Stu is driving one now. I'm driving one. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so Tesla will survive, and you'll have three or four. So I, if I had to predict, I would say for sure... Tesla Volkswagen and Toyota and the rest of them adios
1: right. and you can't predict there's so many things like you said there's going to be uh, partnerships with other tech firms and things like that, that yeah. the future is uh, the details are murky but the general trends we see very clearly
0: if anybody in the big three makes it which I don't think they will it will be Ford uh, General Motors won't make it and Chrysler Jeep won't make it and what about Fiat <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: all right. Okay, let's see. Um, from Alice in North Palm Beach. Hey, guys, dumb question here. What is the difference between comp and collision insurance in Alice in North Palm Beach? Uh, yeah. It's not a dumb question. Uh, you're not in the car business, you don't talk about it all the time. Um, uh, comp- comprehensive insurance uh, covers things that happen to your car, like a tree falls on it or it gets vandalized or something like that. Collisions when you bang into something else yeah. and damage your car.
0: And a lot of people don't know about the comprehensive. It covers some unusual things. So you have something that might happen to your car that you would think, there's no way this is covered. Look at your comprehensive because that's the reason they call it comprehensive. Like rats. It covers a whole bunch of stuff. So uh, the insurance company won't tell you to look at it, but you should read it because uh, it really can save you some money. That's
1: right. Okay. How much time do we have? this is a um, very,
2: We're at 9:36 right now.
1: We have a very open-ended question. I'm going to get comfortable.
2: Huh.
1: Andy and Boca ask Earl: How does a person become a car dealer?
0: Uh, okay. Your daddy is a car dealer. <laughs> that's yeah. <laughs> any, well, other, any other questions? That's how I became a car dealer, and that's how Stu became a car dealer. So
1: it's a family uh, affair.
0: No, interesting. It is. A, it is an interesting, interesting question because the car business used to be that way. It's no longer that way. Uh, when I came into the business in 1968, uh, my father founded the dealership, uh, Pontiac dealership, in 1937. And at that time, during the, during the uh, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, uh, that's, it was family business. It was typically uh, father to son, uh, sometimes to grandson. Usually the uh, by the third generation, uh, you know, the, it died out and then it would be sold. But it was a family, they were family businesses. Really kind of cool. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, Stu's right, he could get comfortable because I could do two hours on that, but no longer the case. It's now public, co- publicly held companies, uh, Pinsky Auto Group, AutoNation, Sonic, uh, and on and on and on. Big, big uh, multi-national uh, giant companies are owning all the car companies. And we are, uh, I say we, our dealership uh, Earl Stewart Toyota is an anomaly, one dealership, all operated by a family. But it used to be father-son kind yeah. of a thing.
1: Um, but yeah. you, we do know people, I mean, there's you, you can make it from the ground up. I know a couple of people, guys uh, started washing cars, uh, got interested in selling, um, had a talent, worked really hard, and worked his way up, and he's, uh, he's yeah. a he's a dealer now. Those are exceptions. Yeah, yeah. yeah. our mystery
0: shopping report is a segue. That, uh, yeah, exactly. say father, daughter. Yeah, and it, it went from Roger Dean to Janie Dean, mm-hmm. which is the daughter.
2: I was just going to mention that. Um, so, folks, uh, uh, to those of you that are listening right now, it it doesn't have to be um, you know son related. There are some daughters out there, few and far between. Uh, but uh, this this report that uh, Stu talks about Roger Dean, you know it's uh, I remember back in those days and uh, you know uh, warm and fuzzy kind of a situation at that dealership, and we're going to take a look back and we're going to take a look uh, forward as far as the mystery shopping report is concerned. So uh, it you'll be you, it's one you will enjoy.
0: Okay, Maroney Chevrolet, Mike Maroney Chevrolet. Last year, on December 17th, Roger Dean Chevrolet became Mike Marooney Chevrolet. Dealerships change hands all the time, and what makes this uh, takeover noteworthy is that it involves 2 longtime Florida car dealer icons, Marooney and Dean. The Marooneys came to South Florida in 1977 after 20 years making a name for themselves. Al, the father Maroony, sold his nine Florida stores to AutoNation. Mike Maroney, his son, continued on with Nation as its CEO uh, until 2015. And in 2017, Mike Maroney, the son, got back to being a car dealer. That was after his non-compete agreement expired with AutoNation. He acquired four dealerships in Colorado and formed the Maroney USA Auto Group. So here we go, the auto group starting all over again. The same year, Maroney USA bought a. Uh, minority share in Roger Dean Chevrolet, a dealership familiar to our listeners. been there for a long, long time, 50 years, I think. As you know, Roger Dean Chevrolet was a long-standing dealership on Okeechobee Boulevard in West Palm Beach. The dealership was established over 50 years ago and the name Roger Dean is well-known and respected in South Florida. Roger Dean himself passed away in 1997 and control of the dealerships were passed to his daughter, Patty. Now he has has another daughter, Jeannie, who had some dealerships uh, in uh, uh, Martin County, St. Lucie County area. And I'm not sure what happened to Jeannie and those dealerships, I think they've changed hands. also. Uh, It was Patty Dean who entered into the partnership with Maroon USA and who ultimately sold the whole thing last year. Now, Whenever there's a change of ownership of a car dealership, there is a change in the way it does business. It's unavoidable. Even if it's uh, much of the management remains working for the new owner, the style, rhythm, and culture of the dealership will change. We mystery shopped uh, Mike Maroney Chevrolet uh, one week after the changeover last year. Really, they give him a chance to change. Agent Lightning un- un- uncovered a bait-and-switch ad, and uh, it was kind of surprising. We thought maybe, you know, there would be a, a more of a change, but uh, it didn't happen, and they got a D-minus score uh, it was really pretty rough. Agent Lightning returned this week to see uh, what a D minus dealership does uh, with the inventory shortage. And of course, after the new ownership, his uh, chance to, uh, in culture, it has had a chance to sink in. So here's a report as if I were Agent Lightning. I arrived at Mike Maroney Chevrolet on Okeechobee Boulevard uh, late afternoon. I know you people from in Nepal and Japan, listening around the world. I have no idea what you're saying right that's now. There's an Okeechobee Boulevard. That's Isn't that interesting? A lot of people, <laughs> Okeechobee. Uh, that's I, I, a, I think, it's I a Seminole Indian name.
1: Okeechobee might as well be Gentleman. I mean, oh. yeah. if they're in Nepal, they're speaking. <laughs> yeah.
0: So it's a, a big lake. It's a, well, a huge lake. And it's an Indian name, Seminole Indian. And uh, it's a major boulevard. It used to be Automotive Row in West Palm Beach. still is. Uh, Okay. <laughs> I entered the showroom and was treated by an older gentleman seated at the front desk. Now I like to Steve uh, Stu wrote that. I like the way this is the way he defers to old guys. You know, you don't say an old man I, that's, that's Agent Lightwood, right? And that. you don't see an old guy, you say an older gentleman. You can say old fellow. I'm not an I'm not an old man. I'm an old gentleman. Now, even though I'm not a gentleman anyway, I digress. He asked what I was there to Jeez. see, and I told him I was interested in the Chevy Traverse. I said it looked like they had a couple of stock from what I could see online. The man said that they saw the last Traverse the night before. He told me it may be a few months before they see another one. Then blamed the global microchip shortage for the problem. He said it was killing their industry. Not really. That's what old guys say. You know, yeah. Killing the industry. Never going to be the same. Uh, I told him I was aware of the situation, but I had no idea it was this bad. Then I asked if they had any other com- comparable SUVs. Just then, another man approached—not a gentleman, uh, or an old gentleman—he didn't—a young gentleman approached. And bit said bit. his name was Ronald. He had—he uh, had overheard the conversation between the older gentleman and myself, and was now apparently taking over as my salesperson. Ronald asked if I needed uh, third-row seating. I say it would be nice, but not necessary. He told me he had a big Tahoe. And I read that too fast, I thought it was a big toe. But I said, I <laughs> had a big Tahoe and a couple of used traverses he could show me. I said I wasn't interested in used or in any, anything as big as a Tahoe. Ronald thought the perfect choice would be a new Equinox. But unfortunately, they didn't have any of those in stock. Then he suggested a trailblazer. He said he had a new 2022 right out front and led me outside. That's right, folks, the 2022s are out, and they've been out. You buy the 2021, you buy last year's model. We found a black one, I like with an MSRP of 26,205. <coughs> that's a low MSRP. Uh, and when I saw that, I said, what? I mean, that's low. That's half the average cost, average price of a car these days. And there was no addendum. Whoa, boy, that hit me between the eyes. 26,205 MSRP, and no addendum. I'm starting to tremble. I waited at the vehicle while Ronald left left to find the keys and get a dealer plate. When he got back, he opened all the doors and started the engines. Visual. All four doors open. He he butterflied
1: the vehicle. Yeah.
0: He went over the features of the car, asked him if he had a parking sonar where the car beeps if you're about to hit something. I mean, that to me is like, does it have a, a horn or headlights? I mean, I wouldn't buy a car without one. He said no. He says, because of the chip shortage. GM isn't offering features like that or blindside monitoring.
1: I I don't know if that's true or not. Do you know if that's true? I don't don't
0: believe it. But that's what he said. So, I asked Ronald about pricing and wondered aloud about all the add-ons that were sure to come. Ronald said, no. The sticker price was the price. But, of course, there were fees. Oh, here we go. That's what I'm thinking. That would be added. He asked if I was a Costco member because then he could take $1,000 off of me. Whoa! That'd knock me out of my socks right there. I told him I was. and I, You know, I'm going to hold this up. Uh, Costco, Costco, Costco. Write it down. Buy a car through the Costco auto buying program. If you don't, you're going to pay too much money.
1: Wear a t-shirt that says I'm a Costco yeah. member when you go to a dealership.
0: And I don't think I even have stock at Costco. I'm not trying to sell you Costco, I'm just saying, buy a car, that's the way you do it. So, good point there. No addendum, and he asked if you're at Costco, going to give you $1,000 off. Uh, Anyway, and he said he believed there was a $500 GM rebate, too. Boy, I tell you what, I am feeling good now as a buyer. Mm -hmm. We took the Trailblazer for a spin, came back to the dealership, he found my record in the system, because Agent Lightning had been in there before, as I said. Then asked for my driver's license. Ronald spent a few minutes working on his computer, then announced he'd be right back with my sales figures. Ronald was back in eight minutes, <laughs> with a smile on his face. He said he always brings his best price to the table, doesn't believe in the back and forth, then he dramatically flipped over the worksheet he placed between us. The top line labeled sales price was MSRP 26,205. They added $804 in government fees well, that's a lot of government fees. Uh, yes. And I won't dwell on that, but that is a lot of government fees.
1: I suspect fees. there is e filing and private tag agency Maybe, built into but that. But we
0: don't know. I as well as a nine ninety five uh proc doc, which is processing documentary. I like the proc doc. They don't want us to know what it is, but uh, anyway.
1: that sounds like a proctologist, that's yeah, what it exactly. is. Exactly. I, I didn't
0: want to say that because I thought it was a poor taste.
1: No, it's just uh, medicine, <laughs> medical
0: stuff. <laughs> they took off $1,500 in the rebate line and that was comprised of, according to a handwritten note, $1,000 Costco discount and a $500 GM rebate. I said he did pretty well. Well, he actually got me below MSRP and that is unheard of and we've been shopping a long time during this COVID thing and this just ain't going to com. Two-thirds of the car transactions now new cars over MSRP. Ronald asked me how soon I expected to do a deal. I said, I need to talk things over at home. He said, "Whatever, whenever I was ready, he'd be happy to help me. Then he said, he would really appreciate it if I would say hi to a sales manager before leaving. Nice way of putting the TO, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ronald walked me over to the older gentleman. Ah, the older guy the sales was, the ma- was the boss uh, who initially greeted me. Ronald told me I needed to talk things over with my family before deciding. The manager advised me not to wait too long because he doubted the trailblazer would be here after the weekend. And y- y- Telling the truth. Okay. P.S. I saw only one person wearing a mask in the whole dealership and he was wearing it improperly uh, exposing his nose. You do that a lot if you have a big nose. And I got a big nose. At any rate, I got a picture of the uh, winter sticker here. Uh, I'm blown away by the fact that uh, this was a clean, legal, honest, uh, yeah. uh, I just, uh, I'm emotional. I'm, you know, last week I was emotional, and I hope this is a sign of things to come. I'm just praying that maybe Earl on cars, maybe uh, the word is getting out. Maybe I, I, don't, care, I don't know what's happening, but uh, I'm seeing a trend here. And Maroney is to be congratulated for turning around Roger Dean.
1: I'm wondering if uh, that's what we experienced because it was so soon after the transition last year that they hadn't yeah. gotten the chance to put in the Maroney way, and it was doing the old way. Yeah. Because Roger Dean, even though we, you know, you like him personally, you, you were friends with him, and
0: uh, well, I, la- I was a evil back then. Yeah, that's
1: why I like all the bad guys. But even during the show, um, I don't think they're the. I don't remember the Roger Dean being a particularly bad dealership. I don't think they did no, great. But, no, no.
4: Um,
1: but that's great. I mean, I wasn't expecting that at all. I thought it was going to be a lot worse. Um, Marooney, you know, he's been around forever. I still remember the uh, the commercials. I remember the, the Marooney jingles, and uh, so I I kind of equated uh, that with old school uh, car biz. But we didn't we didn't really see it today. So I'm I'm impressed. We don't have any grades coming in yet. Oh, wait, no, we got one. Mark gave him a B plus, and he th- he thought Earl was going to cry. <laughs> okay. uh, we g- what we give? Uh, uh, last week, we gave, we gave him an A+. Plus? Yeah. All right, so I'm going to give them just a, I'm going to give them an A-, minus because we still have the, the fees, and, and there was uh, some, some questionable information. But, yeah, uh, yeah they did great.
5: Yeah.
1: Uh,
0: Nancy, uh, what do you say?
2: Well, <coughs> um, I too think that it was a good report, um, worthy of, um, uh, because of the different little details uh, in the report that I didn't exactly agree with, uh, I'm going to give them a B plus.
1: Very good. Uh, Frank gives them an A. Um, also, uh, Bob gives them a B online. Let's see if we got any on, on Facebook. Um, Sarah says that's outstanding, so we don't have a grade, but I think outstanding counts for an A. So... Right now we are getting the consensus coming in and I think Mike Maroony is getting an A. Even Jonathan Wellington is pretty tough, gives him an A minus.
0: You know, I say I what I'm gonna do here. I'm gonna surprise even Stu. I'm gonna give him an A plus. And uh I, I I don't agree with Stu that the uh eight hundred and four dollars in government fees had electronic filing fee or things in there. Uh, I don't think Maroony would do that. Now they, make, they may may have made a mistake in the government fees, but I don't believe it would be slipped onto the customer. Yeah.
1: The reason I don't think that is because usually on these worksheets, that's preloaded. So, in, in and on a worksheet, it doesn't always break everything down in as much detail as on the actual buyer's order. So they'll tend to lump things on lines. Sure. And I'm wondering if that's just the programming or a, they just don't know how to how to change that. If they could break it out, they probably would, but we don't know until we go on the final. Yeah, see,
0: this is... This is uh, Uh, this is a criminal offense and uh i I just don't i think maroney is too smart uh he's got too many he's an auto nation protege he ran Auto nation for a lot of years and now he has his own corporation a big one and uh he's too big a target to lie to customers because someone picked this up they'd have a class action suit and the criminal charges against him,
8: particularly because
1: this is not even most of these uh, worksheets will have a lot of uh, um, disclaimers on it saying this is not a binding thing.
0: Those make a difference.
1: Well, I know I'm saying, yeah. but this is actually they labeled this not worksheet. They labeled this yeah. purchase agreement. Um, I would think that that would be very easy to argue that it is a sales contract. In which case, you're yeah, right. Yeah, that it'd be.
0: A, yeah, this is a clear violation of, if nothing else, the Florida. Unfairness, safety, trade practice. If for sure, like, I just don't think it happened. Think it could be a mistake, but it was. Uh, it would be corrected. I think this is the probably as good of the, or as, as good or maybe the best shopping report we've seen in a long time. Remember, yeah. uh, the last shopping report that we gave good grades, uh, it wasn't this. It wasn't that good a price. This is actually uh, below MSRP, and the other one was slightly above MSRP. So not only is it totally honest and transparent. And no haggle, and uh, no hidden fees, uh, but it's a good price. So I'm gonna give them an A plus, and uh, uh, I I think what we need to do is find some other Maroni uh, dealerships and see how if it's and, a, yeah. and see if it's a trend because uh, we really might have a a big hero here, uh, which I hope because I I've always liked uh, Maroney and I've always liked uh, he uh, one of my best automotive friends Steve Moore was oh boy. Best, best friends with uh, Mike Maroney. So uh, we'll see how that goes. You, you uh, know,
1: this could be something. You know how we saw this change in, in used car sales over the years, even before the pandemic, where almost everybody became one price in used cars? Yeah, yeah. And I think once they the customers got comfortable with it and the dealers got comfortable with it, um, maybe with this pandemic thing uh, and the inventory shortage, and it they're effectively becoming one price yeah. maybe this is going to happen you know at the other side of the other side of this they get used to it the customers get used to it and, and the prices will come down but maybe yeah. the haggling thing people will, will yeah. finally just dis- you know discard it
2: yeah. it's so. amazing the number of uh, dealers that you were uh, pretty tight with uh, one of them when i said oh boy steve moore yeah. and how the times have changed all the good old boys
0: yeah exactly and uh I know we're getting near the end here but of the show, but, and I, I mentioned Costco before, but I can't overemphasize the Costco auto buying program. And uh, Maroney is, is, is pushing that. And if Maroney is as good as I think he is, and if his chain of dealerships uh, is all operating like uh, Maroney Chevrolet. And by the way, uh, if you want to buy a Chevrolet, you should go to Maroney Chevrolet on Okeechobee Boulevard. You can forget about Schumacher Chevrolet. You can forget about the Chevrolet dealer. I mean, there are a lot of Chevrolet dealers, uh, and uh, this is the f- most, by far, the most honest Chevrolet dealer uh, we've ever run across. And Chevrolet sells a lot of cars, so if you want a Chevy, go to uh, Maroney Chevrolet on Okeechobee Boulevard in West Palm Beach.
2: We wouldn't steer you wrong. And become
0: <laughs> and you know. They ask if you're a Costco member, hey, it costs you 65 bucks to join Costco for a year. If you say, no, but I am now, because I would sign up immediately. Well, where's it? Sign up for Costco and buy a car. Auto Costco auto buying program.
2: Absolutely. Uh, folks, I didn't mention earlier Earl's vigilantes, but if you're tired of car dealer dishonesty, and uh, you you want to help out? You can join Earls di- uh, Vigilantes by going to Earlon Cars. All the information is right there. It's a win win situation uh, where you can help uh, not only uh, consumers uh, but consumers in your community. Uh, so uh, go to Earlon Cars and check it out. And you can help others maneuver their way around uh, the uh, internet. Uh, for some of us, uh, you know, it's that we need a little help on that aspect. So. Uh, uh, EarlOnCars.com and uh, there you'll find Earl's Vigilantes and uh, there you go. There's the hat right there. Do you see that, folks? Uh, That's uh, Stu's uh, design and invention. Pretty cute, huh? I like that. Okay, folks. uh, We're out of here. Stay tuned next week. Same time. We'll be right here. Have a wonderful weekend. Back here at 8 a.m.